0: I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. The Seducer, Mission Impossible Chapter 01 Oh fuck! Fuck me fuck me fuck me! Oh my god! Pleased to hear that his latest move was a resounding success, James went back to his own thoughts as his nine-inch penis continued to pound into a very wet pussy. What time is it? I have to get to that appointment at three o'clock. Mrs. Flanagan continued to voice her pleasure, as her pale body writhed under James' muscular tan body. James figured that three orgasms should be enough. All right, James, get the fuck out of your own head and concentrate. She is getting pretty close to coming again. Got to time this right. Taking his own advice, James immersed himself into the physical feel of his cock pistoning in and out of a very nice pussy. He let his thoughts drift and felt his body react to the stimulus of a good old fucking. His balls began that usual tingle as his semen prepared for battle. Oh fuck James! God you are about to give me another one! Fuck fuck fuck! Yes 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 please don't stop! Please keep fucking me! She arched her back, her firm tits pointing at the ceiling. Here we go James. He felt the tingle spread from his balls up through his cock. Wait wait, there! James, I'm coming, Minning. And with the ease of years of practice, James unloaded his seed into the suddenly convulsing pussy squeezing his cock. He felt the explosion of his orgasm straight from his balls, blazing through the channel of his huge cock, and out through the small slit on the head of his penis. Torrents of powerful cum splattered the inside of her uterus. Her body shuddered and spasmed violently. James held onto her like he was on a mechanical bull. His cock continued to spit out his pent-up reserve of cum. Slowly, very slowly, they finally collapsed, panting. He rolled over next to her, and they both lay on their back staring at the ceiling and enjoying the aftereffects of a powerful orgasm. Where the fuck is he? James thought as he glanced over at the bedroom door. James, Mrs. Flanagan said, rolling over and putting her head on his chest. If I leave Mark, would you? With a loud bang, the door of the bedroom flew open and smacked against the wall. An enraged man stood in the doorway, breathing hard. He wore a business suit and a briefcase was dangling from his hand. What? The fuck is going on here? He roared, spit flying from his mouth. At the sound of the door crashing open, Mrs. Flanagan had jerked up and pulled the sheet across her chest. Now she sat staring, dumbfounded, at a very pissed-off husband. Mark I- What? What are doing home early? What the fuck does it matter that I am home early? You fucking whore! After all I gave you! You ungrateful, fucking bitch of a slut! She seemed to shrink back from the fury of her husband's outburst. Helpless tears were streaming down her cheeks. The whole time Mr. Flanagan's anger was directed as his wife, James was quietly gathering his clothes and dressing. He was just putting on his last shoe when Mr. Flanagan rounded on him. You. I don't know who the fuck you are, but I hope you are glad that you just ruined a loving marriage. Get the fuck out of my sight before I grab my shotgun. Go. Get out. Not needing to be told twice, James quickly hustled from the room and out of the house. Once outside, James collected his thoughts. He frowned. The effects of his orgasm were wearing off, and once again he was left with a feeling of disappointment. That was too fucking easy. Again. James walked to the cafe around the corner and waited. James glanced up from his notes and saw Mr. Flanagan walking toward him. He had a huge grin on his face. He sat down in the chair in front of James. By God, man, you did it. I shouldn't be surprised. What with the reputation that you have? James bowed his head at the compliment. God, I feel so free. Do you realize how much smoother you just made my divorce? I just got done talking to her and the bitch isn't going to give me a fight. She is packing her bags now. Shit. You are a saint. A fucking saint. Did you bring your checkbook? James asked him, almost coldly. The smile slipped slightly from Mr. Flanagan's face. Why do they always think we are going to be friends? But then his face brightened again as he pulled his checkbook out from the inside of his jacket. What's the final tally? Mr. Flanagan asked, pulling out a pen. James looked down at his notes. Let's see. Five hours were spent on research, ten more on surveillance, three hours on. Mr. Flanagan was waving his hand to stop him. I trust you. Just tell me the final total. Fifty hours at five hundred dollars hour, dollar twenty-five zero zero zero. Mr. Flanagan whistled as he started writing his check. Your reputation is well-deserved. You are very fair. $25,000 is nothing compared to the amount of money you just saved me from my divorce. He signed the check in a flourish and handed it to James. The check was for $50,000. James raised his eyebrows toward Mr. Flanagan. Like I said, $25,000 is nothing. Mr. Flanagan smiled and held out his hand. Smiling slightly himself, James shook his hand. You're not too bad, Mr. Flanagan. It was a pleasure doing business with you. Make sure you tell your friends about me. Oh, I will. You can count on that. There are not many men who can seduce a woman who knows she will get nothing if she commits adultery. James nodded his thanks and turned to leave. But he stopped and turned back toward Mr. Flanagan. Why do I always ask this question? Did you ever love her, Mr. Flanagan? Mr. Flanagan's smile slowly sank down until dark storm clouds seemed to hover over his face. In the beginning, I think, but things change, huh, Mr. Coltes. James nodded his agreement, turned around, and walked away. He was disappointed by the answer. Again. James sat quietly reading on the park bench, dressed in a smart business suit. His dark hair was blowing carelessly in the breeze. He seemed oblivious to the hungry stares of the women in the park. He finally glanced up from his book when a middle-aged man sat next to him. Like James, he was dressed in an expensive suit. The Rolex watch on his wrist reflected the bright afternoon sun. He took off his Armani sunglasses and extended his hand. Mr. Colta's right? I am Peter Wombert. Shaking his hand, James studied him through his dark sunglasses. He can tell from the way Mr. Wombert held himself that he was a man of power. Somebody who used any and all methods to get what he wanted. Money held no allure for this man. It was a means to an end, nothing more. James gathered all this in the time it took to shake his hand and introduce himself. He had years of experience judging people at a glance. What brings you to inquire of my services, Mr. Wombert? Mr. Wombert didn't answer right away but looked out over the park. Where the wind blew James' hair across his face, it couldn't budge Mr. Wombert's hair. His black hair, white at the edges, was combed smartly back and held there with industrial-strength hair gel. He had a neatly trimmed goatee and was pale of skin. He wouldn't do too badly with the ladies if he wasn't an insufferable asshole, James observed wisely. Mr. Wombert spoke hesitantly. Mr. Coltes, have you ever been in love? Once. I was married in what seemed a lifetime ago. Why? Then perhaps you will know the reasons why I came to you. You see, I am in love. Not an infatuation or obsession. Or lust. But real, tormented, beautiful, kicking you in the ball's love. You are probably wondering what my problem is, huh? Well, since I came to you, then you won't be surprised to know that the woman I am in love with is married. Naturally. James replied. Normally a married woman is no barrier to me. I have betted many married women. No, the problem is that her husband is a fucking boy scout. You know what I mean. The kind of man who cries at movies, shares all his deepest secrets with his wife, and probably shaves his hairy ass too. And she is totally, completely, in love with him. I have been in the damn friend zone with her for fifteen fucking years. O.C. loves me, but like a brother. He finished bitterly. James nodded in false sympathy. I understand. Mr. Wombert continued. All the things I have accomplished. All the money I have earned, I should feel complete, but I don't. It's Jennifer. She is holding me back from my happiness. I need her, Mr. Coltes. I need her with me for the rest of my life. Mr. Wimbert, you have to understand that I can't guarantee that she will be with you. But what I can guarantee is that she will cheat on her husband, get caught, and most likely get divorced. Though I can't guarantee that last part either. So, how does this work? First of all, I charge $500 for every hour I spend on your wife's case. If you don't like that, we don't go any further than this meeting. James looked him in the eye. Mr. Wombert nodded for him to continue. Secondly. James continued as he pulled out a thick manila folder from his briefcase. I want you to fill this packet out. Mr. Wombert took the thick folder, looking incredulously at him. What, am I filling out a loan application? James smiled. Mr. Wombert, listen to me, as this is very important. In that packet is a series of questions about this woman that I need to have answered. Or do you think my job will be easily accomplished with a couple of caresses and some sweet nothings whispered into her ear? No, of course not, Dash. James continued right over him. If she is the woman you say she is, then I am going to need to know everything about her. Everything. You got that? So please, Mr. Wombert, give a detailed answer to every single question. I don't care how odd you think the questions are. If I ask you how many nose hairs she has, I want you to give me the best answer possible. Understand? Yes, of course. But this is a pretty thick packet. It's going to take me all night to fill this out. Then I suggest you get started. I will meet you here tomorrow at noon. Please have the packet completely filled. Then I can start my job. Do we have a deal? Yes, I think so. I just didn't imagine your job would be this complicated. How good are you? James hesitated a moment before answering. In the seven years that I have been doing this, I have had 137 cases. I have succeeded in 136 of those. Mr. Wombert's eyebrows shot up in shock. Wow, you are definitely as good as your reputation. I have full confidence in your abilities. Mr. Wombert watched James carefully before continuing. Out of curiosity, what was the case that you failed dash? Good day, Mr. Wombert. And with that, James got up off the bench and walked away. Mr. Wombert watched him disappear into the bright sunny day. He finally got up and walked away, burning with curiosity. The following afternoon, James returned to his luxury apartment complex after meeting with Mr. Wombert again. He briefly greeted the doorman and walked to the elevator, his thoughts full with getting a glass of wine, settling down in front of his fireplace, and reviewing the completed packet Mr. Wombert just gave him. So preoccupied with his thoughts was James that it took him a moment to notice a familiar scent of perfume in the elevator. With a start, James realized he was alone in the elevator with Vanessa. Vanessa was a sexy woman, with long legs and dark hair that fell down her back in waves. She was married, of course, and something of a side project for James. Nothing professional, just practice to hone his skills. No matter what his success rate was, James always liked to keep his skills sharp. Vanessa smiled at him, showing perfect white teeth. Good afternoon, James. James gave her one of his best smiles. Good morning, Mrs. Rogers. Vanessa's full lips bunched into a sexy pout. James, James, James. How many times do I have to tell you to call me Vanessa? James dazzled her with another smile and took her hand and very lightly brushed it with his lips. My apologies, Vanessa. He murmured against her hand. When he looked up at her, he could see her face was flushed and she was breathing heavy. The elevator beeped and the doors opened. I believe this is your stop, my lady. Vanessa glanced out the elevator and back at James. He could tell she was clearly torn. James, I... I was wondering if I could talk to you about something. Privately. Perhaps, in your apartment? She added hopefully. Outwardly, James graced her with a smile and assured her it would be his pleasure to meet with her. But inside his head was a different story. Another hope dashed. What was I expecting? For her to resist? She was just practice James, he admonished himself. I shouldn't have got my hopes up again. Especially not for her. He led her to his apartment on the top floor. Once inside, she walked around and complimented him on his fine taste. James knew she was just being polite. He wasn't a man who valued material things. He had a nice leather chair in front of the fireplace, where he liked to do his studying. He had a HDTV and a bookcase that spanned one entire wall. Other than that, his living room was pretty bare. Would you like a tour, my lady? James asked as he offered his arm. She giggled at his old-fashioned manners and slipped her arm around his. He walked her to his study, which was cozier than his living room. Here he had an impressive oak desk, several file cabinets, comfortable chairs, and a big window that overlooked the bay. Next he showed her his bedroom, and she predictably hovered here longer than the other rooms. Other than a king sized bed and an expensive set of dressers, his room was just as bare as his living room. He took her back into the living room and sat with her on a small love seat tucked away in the corner. So, Vanessa, what can I help you with? Vanessa blushed and looked down at her hands. When she finally spoke, her words were addressed to those same hands. James, these past few weeks, that we got to know each other, have been really good for me. I wake up every day thinking about what I will say to you. How I would flirt with you. She finished in a rush. Her face was fully crimson now. Resigned to the inevitable, James put his hand on hers. Vanessa, your husband. She looked up at him, terrified. I know. She whispered. I never thought I would have these feelings. James, I love my husband. I do. But, well, I kind of married him for his money, at first. I know that sounds bad, but I have grown to love him. He is a good man. Then why are you here, in my apartment, so clearly wanting to fuck me? She flinched at his words but continued to look at him. I don't know. I can't explain it. I have thought about nothing else these past weeks. I love my husband, but why do I want you so bad? No longer caring if he offended her, James felt like being dirty today. Maybe because I have a big cock that you are dying to have fill you. I am sure your husband is probably a pathetic lover. It's his fault you are here right now. So take charge of your life again. You want to be sexually satisfied. Fuck him. Pull out my cock and go to town. James threw out these words, hoping she would smack him and call him a pervert. Please. Instead, she continued to stare at him, clearly aroused by what he just said. She leaned forward and devoured his lips with hers. With her hand, she unzipped his pants and reached down into his underwear to pull out his still flaxed cock. She broke off her hungry kiss to kneel down between his legs. She grabbed his jeans and underwear and pulled them down to his ankles. She took his limp cock in her hand and brought her lips down to the head. She flicked out her tongue and licked the tip. She massaged his balls with her other hand as she started working on his now hardening cock with her lips. She worked his cock, which now was at its full nine-inch length. He gripped her hair and provided the rhythm that he wanted. He tested her gag reflex and found that she could get three-quarters of his cock down her throat before gagging. Impressive. She seemed to really enjoy giving him head. He had her head in both hands now and was pulling her down faster and faster. His cock was pounding her mouth almost as roughly as he would pound a pussy. She would occasionally break for air, thick spit trailing down her lips and chest. He got up, had her lay upside down on the couch, with her head hanging off the edge of the sofa, and proceeded to fuck her mouth with a vengeance. God, this girl can swallow cock. He was almost burying the entire length down her throat. He would thrust all the way down and pull his cock out to give her a breath and then would plow her throat again and again. Her eyes were streaming tears from the gagging but her eyes radiated sexual joy. She loved being this dirty. James smacked her face a couple of times with his heavy cock, and then told her to get up and bend over the arm on the couch. She obeyed quickly, undressed, revealing a uniformly pale white body with big natural breasts and dark nipples, spread her legs open, and waited for him. He kneeled down behind her and blasted her pussy with his tongue. Oh, that feels good. Just like that, James. Right there, lick me there. Fuck yes, lick my pussy. Fuck shit, that feels so good. Put a finger in my ass. Please finger my ass and suck my pussy. James sucked on his index finger and then slowly inserted it into her tight ass. She moaned as the finger slid in all the way. James continued his assault of her pussy with his tongue as his finger furiously worked her asshole. Ahawaho hush high hide She was incapable of speech as pleasure mounted in her rectum and pussy. His cock aching, James got up and positioned his penis at the opening of her pussy. He slid his nine inch cock in all the way to the base of his balls. She moaned nonstop as his cock made its way through her tight canal. Do you like my big cock, slut? Huh. How does it feel to have a real man's cock in you? Oitch, God, it, it feels so fucking good. She moaned between breathless gasps. James, knowing now that she liked it rough, plowed into her pussy with reckless abandon. Usually, the size of his cock didn't allow him to be so rough, but she definitely liked it. He tried to lose himself in the rhythm of his pounding, the feel of his cock in her tight pussy, the sound of her wetness as she was slammed over and over, but stray thoughts kept floating through his head as usual. What am I doing? I don't love her. Love? What the fuck does love have to do with sex? She is just like the others. It won't be different. It will feel the same afterwards. It always has since her. That bitch ruined me. Focus James, feel that pussy you are pounding. Vanessa is so hot. Did you see those tits? Those have to be natural g-cups at least. Who gives a fuck? Won't be different. Ruined. The same. Always. Nothing changes. Love. With a roar of frustration, which she mistook for pleasure, he sped up to almost inhuman speed. She was being pounded so hard that she literally vibrated. She loved it. Her pussy never felt so full. Areas never touched by her husband's small cock were being violently stimulated. Her pussy contracted with an awe-inspiring orgasm of gigantic proportions. Fuel you She gave voice to an overwhelming feeling of sexual bliss. Not wanting to prolong this encounter any longer, James let the pressure build up in his balls as her convulsing pussy engulfed his cock. He felt the pressure ascend to boiling point in his balls. With a roar of defiance for the voice in his head, he jerked his cock out of the death grip her pussy had on him, and shot his load onto her butt cheeks. Four, five, six strong jets of cum splattered her ass. She was still vibrating from the best orgasm she ever experienced. He wiped his cock in her ass crack and pulled up his pants. He walked to the bathroom while she lay panting on the sofa. He brought back a towel and proceeded to wipe her ass. He tossed the towel aside and sat down next to her head. Vanessa, unfortunately I have some important work to do. Thank you so much for this experience. Her face clearly showed that she was stung by his curt dismissal. She gathered up her clothes and dressed without speaking. He knew he offended her. I don't love you. Well, goodbye, she said lamely. She waited as though expecting him to apologize. He continued to stare at her. Tears formed in her eyes as she realized that she had just been used. She opened the door but his voice stopped her. Vanessa, whenever you need a good fucking, feel free to stop by. She slammed the door behind her. In the hallway, she let out a choked sob. She wept, not because he used her, but because she knew she was going to take him up on his offer. Back in his apartment, James grimaced distastefully. Is there anybody in this godforsaken world with dignity? He got up to retrieve the packet completed by Mr. Wombert. He settled down in his armchair, pulled the packet out from the folder, and began to read. Maybe this Jennifer Chansey had dignity. The all-too-familiar spark of hope kindled as he began his next case. Chapter 02 James sat in his car, chewing silently on his sandwich as he watched Jennifer walk to her car. She was right on time, as usual. He watched as she pulled out of the gym's parking lot and took off toward home. James swallowed the last bite of his sandwich and started his car. He was careful not to follow too close. Years of experience had taught him how to follow someone, so he had no worries about being spotted. Besides, most people wouldn't think they were being followed even if James wasn't so careful. But he took no chances. That's how he earned his reputation. As he followed her, James contemplated this new case. Mr. Wombert had been very thorough in answering the questions in the packet. Jennifer Chansey was married to Mike Chansey, a software engineer. They had been married for 12 years and have a 10-year-old son named Mike Jr. Jennifer was a kindergarten teacher and loved kids. She was tall about 5 feet 8 inches. She was in excellent shape and had a nicely tan body. Her deep brown hair was cut short at the shoulders. More importantly, she was very much in love with her husband. James had been following her over the past week and found that she had no dirty secrets. She went to the gym every Monday and Thursday after work for two hours. And then she drove straight home, except for one time when she picked up dinner from the grocery store. She went on a date with her husband one night, and James had secretly observed them in the restaurant. They were very loving toward each other. All in all, she was a pretty boring person. And James loved it. Maybe she can resist. There is something about her, a quiet strength. Love can endure, right? We aren't all just lustful animals. Love exists. I know it does. James found himself constantly thinking these thoughts over the past week. Of course, these thoughts always plagued him at the beginning of every case. James followed her until she predictably pulled into her driveway. He drove past without slowing down and glanced out of his rearview mirror. She was getting out of the car and walking inside. Okay, that's it. It's time to start. James had seen enough. Now it was just time to formulate a strategy. James sat dozing in his armchair. Several pages of notes laid scattered on his lap. He stirred suddenly and started rifling through the pages on his lap, as though his sleeping mind had been working a particularly hard problem. With a smile of satisfaction, he held up one particular page to the light. As part of his process, James would formulate several different plans and then let his mind absorb the different combinations. And then after a while he would just instinctively know which plan to go with. James examined the page he selected. The gym would be the point of contact. He would join and then make sure he worked out close to her. He would adopt the persona of a person who likes to talk to someone while working out, but would not flirt or make any blatant attempts at seduction. This would have to be a subtle job. He would also use the inside information he obtained from Mr. Wimbert to appear as though he has a lot in common with her. After much thought, he decided that he was going to be a volunteer who liked to entertain terminally ill children at local hospitals. She was a kindergarten teacher who loved children. This should warm her heart towards him. Of course, it wouldn't all be show. James planned on developing a friendship with her, and then he would take her with him one day to a hospital to entertain the children. It was a risk, because it would reveal a real part of himself, but sometimes in life you had to brave the dangers. At least, that was what he hoped to do. She could very well break sooner than he expected. It happened before. There was many times where he had spent several hours researching only to have his target break in a matter of hours. Those were cock-hungry whores. Jennifer would be different. She had to be. So with his plan firmly set, he got up and got dressed. Jennifer slowly opened her eyes, blinking at the pale morning sunshine pouring in through the lace curtains on her bedroom window. With a tired sigh, she rolled over and nudged her husband, Mike. Mmm, he mumbled. Wake up, sweetie. It's morning. And mmm, are you sure? She laughed softly. Yes, honey. We have to get up for work. Come on, get your lazy butt up. With a groan, Mike rolled over and sat on the side of the bed. With a giant yawn, he stood up and stretched his arms over his head. He put on his slippers and started shuffling toward the bathroom. Jennifer watched him with a big smile on her face. He looked so cute buck naked and with slippers on. What made it even more hilarious was that his sleep-addled brain didn't realize he had put on her fluffy bunny slippers. She hid her laughter behind her hand as his head swiveled toward her. What? He grunted. Nothing. She had to bite her hand to keep from exploding with laughter. He shook his head at the strange humors of women and shuffled into the bathroom. He was looking in the mirror and brushing his teeth, trying to wake all the way up, when he saw in the reflection of the mirror his fully naked wife walk into the bathroom. She walked up behind him and hugged him. I love you. She told him, resting her head on his back. Sleepy or not, the sight of his beautiful wife naked was more than enough to make his cock spring up instantly. He patted her hand. I love you too. He twisted in her grip and turned around to face her. She continued to hug him but now his hard cock was pressed up against her pussy. She rested her head on his chest. Do we have to go to work today? She asked softly, her voice muffled by his hairy chest. He kissed the top of her head. Sorry sweetie but we have to pay the bills. Besides, I have a big meeting today. But you know, I think we might have five minutes to ourselves right now. She glanced up at him and saw the mischievous look in his eyes. She couldn't help but smile. Mike is about to get up for school. She wasn't really arguing. She was feeling horny this morning but the fact that their son was about to get up needed to be said. Like I said, I think we have five minutes. He kissed her. What do you say? He kissed her again. Do you want this fine hunk of a man or not? This time his kiss deepened, his lips devouring hers while their tongues engaged in a dance of their own. His cock was achingly hard and pushing up against her pussy. She felt a tingle of pleasure run through her body, giving her goosebumps. He lowered his head and started kissing her chest. He brought his lips to her nipple and sucked on it. He quickly worked the other nipple, going back and forward. Soon both of her nipples were fully erect and her pussy was dripping juices down the inside of her thighs. He kissed her mouth now as his hand worked expertly on her clit. No time for foreplay this morning, she told him, her voice husky with lust. He spun her around and pressed her down against the counter. She always loved how he handled her. He knew her inside and out. She loved him so much. She gasped as she felt his cock enter her from behind. She glanced up at the mirror and saw him behind her, a look of pure pleasure and concentration on his face. It always made her hot to see how much he concentrated. He always wanted to make sure she came first before he finally exploded. If she had no other reason to love him, that would be enough. They were both silent as the sound of his balls slapping against her ass filled the room. Having a child in the house over the past ten years had forced them into a kind of silent lovemaking. So attuned were they to each other. That they had gone past the need for vocal exclamations, instead, each movement of their bodies was like words spoken. a shift here, a nudge there spoke volumes to them. her whole body tingled with the electric surges of pleasure that were so familiar in her love-making with her husband. He was grunting quietly now, his tempo increasing, they were both getting close, his hands tightened on her hips, her hands were grabbing onto whatever was available on the counter. They were both moaning now, but quietly, you was the sound that escaped her lips. It was a bare whisper, but was a sound that translated as. His hands tightened painfully around her hips as she felt his cum hitting the walls of her uterus. That set her off. Her toes curled up on the floor as her pussy convulsed against his cock. Shivers racked her body, making various areas of her body twitch spasmodically. He leaned down over here, panting as though he had just run a mile. A knock on their bedroom door snapped them out of their post-orgasm reverie. Mommy, where is breakfast? Shit! Her husband whispered, and she giggled. She put on her robe as her husband ran back into the bedroom to throw on clothes. She opened her bedroom door and closed it behind her. Her son stood in the hallway, rubbing at his eyes. Come on baby, let's get you some breakfast. Go put on your school uniform. Brush your hair. Her son went back into his room as she went into the kitchen. She had to hurry up and cook breakfast so she can get ready to go to school with her son. It was nice that he went to the same school she taught at. It saved time in the morning. She reminded herself not to forget her gym clothes, as today was Monday. She stood at the stove, humming to herself, feeling her husband's warm come trickle down her thigh. It was Monday afternoon, and James was dressing silently in the men's locker room of the gym Jennifer frequented. He was going over the plan in his head. He knew she would be here by now. It was four o'clock. She usually arrived at this time and stayed until six o'clock. He examined himself in the mirror. He was tall and good-looking. He had a well-defined physique. Every muscle on his arms stood out. He could bounce a quarter off his six-pack. He knew many of his cases were successful based solely on the fact that he was very good-looking. But he wasn't conceited. His good looks were just a tool, nothing more. With a deep breath to let his mind adapt to the persona that he wanted to exude, he walked out of the locker room. He walked around the various areas of the gym, careful not to appear like he was looking for someone. He was just examining the different weights and activities going on, nothing more. He finally spotted her on the treadmill. She was staring straight ahead and was already in a good sweat. Today she was wearing a sports shirt that left her midriff bare and shorts that were modest but still showed off a good amount of tanned leg. James quickly glanced around the machines closest to her. He examined all his choices in a nanosecond and decided. He walked over to the bench press equipment, which just happened to be located right in front of the treadmills. He began putting several 45-pound weights on the bar. It was apparent that his workout wasn't going to be a light one. Someone lifting this amount of weight really needed a spotter. Somebody that would stand behind him to make sure he didn't kill himself with all that weight. Jennifer was broken out of her thoughts when she finally realized that the poor man in front of her needed help. He looked desperately lost. He had way too much weight on that bar and was beginning to realize it. He looked around the gym, as though searching for somebody that could spot him. He laid down on the bench, was about to pick up the bar, thought better of it, and sat up. He glanced at her, smiled awkwardly, and continued to look around the gym. He looked lonely. With a sigh, Jennifer slowed down on the treadmill and stepped off. She walked over to him. He noticed her coming and stood up quickly. He looked down at his feet, embarrassed. She couldn't help but smile at his obvious discomfort. Hi, I couldn't help but notice that you look like you need some help. He looked up at her, blushing. No, ma'am, I don't want to bother you. I am an idiot to think I can do my intense workout without someone coming along with me. Jennifer studied him as he talked. He was a very good-looking man. He gave off a sense that he was unaware of his good looks. He really seemed down to earth. That was rare in a man with his looks. No, it's no problem. Truth be told, I need a break from the treadmill. For some reason, I don't have as much energy today as I usually do. He looked hesitant. Well, are you sure I am not bothering you? She waved her hand dismissively. No, no, let me help you. I insist. His face broke out in relief. The effect was startling. He was really good-looking. Walking over to the bench gave her an excuse to hide the sudden blush in her cheeks You are a married woman, Jennifer Stop admiring this man's looks and help the poor fellow out Of course, there was nothing wrong in admiring another man's looks She would never cheat on Mike Her heart belonged to him without question Feeling better in control of herself, she stood behind the bar Thank you so much I promise you I won't take up too much of your time I am just doing three sets of ten No problem She told him She watched as he laid down on the bench and grabbed the bar She looked down and realized with a start that in order to spot him, she would have to stand almost directly over his head. And she was wearing shorts. They weren't short shorts but they weren't tight against her skin either. If he wanted to, he could see up the shorts. But he appeared to be a gentleman as his eyes were focused on the bar. Puffing his cheeks out, he strained to pick up the weight. He held it over him, his arms quivering. Slowly, he brought it down to his chest and pushed back up. Jennifer placed her hands under the bar in case it dropped, but he managed to do a set of ten without needing her help. His face was beat red with the effort. She smiled at him. You don't have to try to impress me, by the way. There is no shame in needing my help. He smiled back at her, which for some reason made her heart skip a beat. Damn, this man is too beautiful. What kind of man would I be if I couldn't lift this weight without a beautiful woman's help? The compliment made her cheeks blush. The fact that he was manly reminded her of her husband. She loved manly men. Thinking about her husband made her remember their love-making this morning, which made her cheeks blush even more. I'm James, by the way. He held out his hand. Jennifer. She told him, shaking his hand. Jennifer, he repeated slowly, as though caressing her name. Nice to meet you. This is my first time here, so it's nice to meet a friendly face. Well, on behalf of all us gym rats, welcome. She realized he was still holding onto her hand. I'm married, she blurted, and then blushed deeper than she previously did. Jesus, this man is not hitting on you. Get a hold of yourself, Jennifer. He let go of her hand with a small smile. Well, thanks for sharing that. I am not looking to date right now anyways. Not that I wouldn't date you, of course. An awkward silence fell between them. Well, it was very awkward for Jennifer. He just sat there looking amused. Well, he finally said, and she was grateful that he broke the silence. How about we forget about the bench press? I could use a cardiovascular workout. Would you mind if I joined you on the treadmills? Sure, Jennifer replied, still feeling deeply embarrassed. Together they walked back to the treadmills. He took the one next to hers. They spent a couple of minutes in silence while they adjusted to the speed they wanted. Jennifer felt her embarrassment slowly drain away. She was just caught off guard by suddenly running into the most beautiful man she had ever seen. She meant no disrespect to her husband. Mike was, in her mind and heart, very good looking. But pretending that he was better looking than this man next to her would be an out, an out lie. Jennifer could admire him for that, as one would admire a Van Gogh painting. But she had no inclination to sleep with a Van Gogh painting, let alone a flesh and blood man. Love for her husband burst through her heart, creating an effective barrier against the charms of any man. Sorry about our awkward meeting back there. Jennifer finally said. I didn't mean to imply that you were hitting on me. I was just caught off guard. I dare say you know exactly what kind of effects your looks have on women. He laughed. All too well believe me. In fact, that is something of a constant embarrassment to me. I find it hard to communicate normally with women. As a result, I have terrible luck. That's why I told you I am not looking to date right now. Jennifer frowned thoughtfully. You know, I never thought about it that way. I guess beauty can almost be as much a curse as ugliness. I am willing to bet that you know this all too well. He gave her another dazzling smile. Jennifer felt a slight flush but the love for her husband was still standing guard on her emotions. The compliment from this man still managed to penetrate just a little. Oh, I think you do me too much justice. Okay, time to change the subject, Jennifer. So what do you do for a living? He gave her a knowing smile but answered her question anyways. For a living, I do nothing. I inherited money from my father. So with all my needs taken care of, I find that volunteering calls to me. Oh, really? What kind of volunteer work do you do? Mostly I volunteer at hospitals, entertaining terminally ill children. Jennifer felt a rush of sympathy. You are a good man. He laughed. Don't make that judgment without knowing me. But I love what I do. I really love kids. She looked over at him and raised an eyebrow at his choice of words. He almost stumbled on the treadmill, caught his balance, and hurriedly said, No, no, not like that. I mean I love helping children, not, uh, you know, love them. He trailed off looking very embarrassed. She laughed at his embarrassment. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for my cruel prank. But it's nice to see you off balance for once. He glanced sideways at her and gave her another smile. Jennifer felt the walls around her heart start to crack. I love Mike. The thought settled her emotions and firmed the wall again. God, but that man can light up a room with that smile. What do you do for a living? He asked, finally breaking up the silence. Funnily enough, I love kids too. I am a kindergarten teacher. Well, how do you like that? The first friend I make here has a lot in common with me. He blushed for some reason. Sorry, I made the assumption that we have become friends. Um, what I mean is, I will be coming here a lot, and I was hoping that if we see each other, we could keep each other company while we worked out. Jennifer felt slightly uneasy. This man was almost too good. He was kind, charming, friendly, and utterly beautiful. Something about this situation was making her uncomfortable. But it would be nice to have someone to talk to. She had been coming here for a year and had yet to make any friends. Sure, she finally said. I would like that. His smile lit up his whole face. He turned off the treadmill and stepped off. Well, I have to go. But I will look forward to speaking with you again. He held out his hand. She grasped it and shook it. Once again, his grasp seemed to linger a moment too long for Jennifer's taste. But he dropped it, nodded his goodbye, and walked away. Jennifer watched him, still feeling a tingle from his touch that raced up her arm and through her whole body. James smiled to himself as he walked away. The first seed is planted. Let's see what grows from it. The thrill of the challenge had put him in a rare good mood. He knew that she wasn't going to break easily. And as always, the thrill of the challenge warred with his other need for her not to break. One half of him will do anything to win the challenge. The other half wanted nothing more than failure. James felt his good mood slip away. She is going to break. I know it. He dressed in a moody silence and left the gym. In his car, he called Mr. Wombert from his cell phone. Hello? This is Peter Wombert. Mr. Wombert, this is Mr. Coltes. I have made first contact. I think it went very well. James heard him sigh in relief. I have been on pins and needles the whole week. I know you said I can't call you, but I was hoping I would get more input into what you are doing. Mr. Wombert, we discussed the rules. You are to leave me alone to handle this situation. I am a professional. I don't need a nursemaid to hold my hand. You hired me because I am the best. I work best when I go at my own pace. She will break, don't worry. I know. It's just that I have waited for 15 years to be with her and now that I am finally doing something about it, I seem to have lost all my patience. Just put it out of your mind, James replied. Focus on other things. This case is not going to break open very quickly. She is surrounded by a strong wall of love and it's going to take time for me to chisel a path for myself. Patience is a virtue, Mr. Wombert. And don't worry about the money. If it takes me a long time, I just charge a flat fee. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I just want to be with her already. But I understand all too well that she is a tough nut to crack. Thanks for the update. I will keep you informed of my progress, don't worry. Good day, Mr. Wombert. Dealing with clients was the thing James least liked about his job. Well, he disliked everything about his job, most of all that he kept getting work. The world seemed to labor under the impression that there were good and virtuous people on this earth. James had the unfortunate duty to prove their world wrong. James sometimes felt that he was the only one who could see in a world inhabited by the blind. Love doesn't exist. The world would be better off knowing that. Love is the illusion people use to justify their actions. Love is the excuse people use to pretend life has a purpose. James shook his head, trying to clear his mind of such gloomy thoughts. What has she done to me? She ruined me. Why did I marry her? An image of a beautiful woman tried to float up into his mind. But James squashed it down ruthlessly. He would never spare a thought to her, he had long ago decided. Why? Jennifer felt strange on her drive home. The man from the gym kept popping into her head. Ever since she fell in love with Mike, she never once thought about another man. She never once noticed if any of them were good-looking. And she gets hit on all the time. That's the curse of being beautiful. But she barely paid any mind to those guys. She would flash her marriage ring in their faces and they would back off, defeated. But James, he snuck past her somehow. Maybe it was because he was so beautiful and that he didn't try to come on to her. Was it just simply a case of pride? Smiling to herself, she put him out of her mind. That was it. She felt her pride was injured because he didn't come on to her. That's what fascinated her about him. Feeling foolish, but much better, she arrived home. Mike was already home, having picked up Mike Jr. from school. He always did on the days she went to work out. He would also cook dinner, whose smell was now wafting toward her from the kitchen. Sitting down at the table and eating dinner with her husband and son made her feel much better. The thoughts she had while talking to James seemed to belong to another woman. This is who she was. She had a loving husband and a great son. She retired to bed that night, determined to make Mike the luckiest man in the world. She would do something very special to make up for her traitorous feeling earlier at the gym. She would give him a blowjob, something that she rarely did. Mike was snoring quietly on the bed when she walked out of the bathroom. She smiled down at him and sat on the bed. She pulled his underwear down enough to pull out his flaxed cock. She leaned down and tentatively licked the head. He twitched in his sleep and continued snoring. Smiling, she took the head in her mouth and sucked gently. As though it were a magic plant that needed only the salvia from her mouth to grow, his cock suddenly became rock hard. He had also stopped snoring. But he didn't say anything. Perhaps he thought he was dreaming or that if he said anything he might spook her like a frightened deer. She continued to suck on the head. She used her other hand to stroke his balls. She heard a quiet moan. She lowered more of her mouth onto his cock. She now had half his cock in her mouth. That was as far as she could go before gagging. That's why she didn't like giving blowjobs. But she was determined tonight. She forced more down her throat and gagged. Spit was falling like rain and tears were forming in her eyes, but she persisted. Mike let out a not so quiet moan. "Baby, just a he moaned. "I love you, Mike." Jennifer had a feeling that the tears in her eyes weren't all from the gagging, but Mike would be too far gone in the best blow job she had ever given him to notice. She started bobbing up and down on his thick cock. She stroked his balls harder. His cock made slurping noises as she repeatedly jammed it down her mouth. She pulled her mouth off his cock and started licking his balls. She took one ball into her mouth, swirled it around with her tongue, and then did the same for the other ball. Mike was moaning nonstop now. She alternated sucking his cock and balls. She increased her rhythm into a faster tempo. Mike was now lifting his hips off the bed to thrust his cock into her mouth to match her rhythm. Jennifer was treating her mouth like her pussy and felt no sexual satisfaction from it. Her pussy was bone dry. She felt like a cheap whore doing this. But she wanted her husband to know that she really loved him and would do anything to make him happy. Finally, she felt him tense. She knew what was coming. She closed her eyes and clamped her mouth down over his cock. The first jet of cum splattered the back of her throat and made her gag. But she held on. Four more blasts of cum filled her mouth, each one weaker than the one before it. Finally spent, his now softening cock plopped out of her mouth, trailing a string of cum-cum leaked down her chin and fell onto her nightgown. Stealing herself, she swallowed the load inside her mouth. It tasted strange. Not as bad as she imagined. Baby! Mike finally spoke. That was fantastic. What got into you? Wiping her chin with her hand, she laid down next to him. I don't know. I just wanted you to know how lucky you are to have me. She smiled. He chuckled and stroked her face with his hand. Honey, I wake up knowing that. I thank God every day for giving me you. I am the luckiest son of a bitch that ever walked this earth. Her heart flooded with love for this man. She hugged him fiercely. He returned the hug just as hard. After a few minutes, she felt him fall asleep. Suddenly content, she drifted off to sleep as well. Jennifer didn't think about James again until she arrived at the gym on Thursday. She didn't know if she felt anxious about seeing him again or if she felt excited. If Jennifer had one flaw, it was her pride. She worked hard to maintain a good figure, and she loved it when men still noticed her. Not that she ever gave thought to betraying Mike, but she secretly loved the attention she got. Her pride still felt hurt that James hadn't come on to her. He even told her that he wasn't looking to date. So to salvage her pride, she decided to wear her sexiest workout clothes. The shorts she wore today barely came past her firm ass. The sports top she wore showed plenty of her ample cleavage. She knew her breasts would bounce up and down when she was on the treadmill. Oh yes, I will salvage my pride today. She saw him before he saw her. She stopped and studied him. He was using free weights to do arm curls. He wore a shirt with no sleeves and she saw that his arms were well muscled. His shorts weren't loose enough to hide the fact that he had a firm ass. He was almost like one of those Greek statues, Jennifer thought with embarrassment. She felt a warm flush creep through her body while she stood there checking him out. But today was about pride, not lust. So she squared her shoulders and walked over to him. Hey, good to see you again, Jennifer said as she grabbed some free weights and sat down on a bench. James' eyes scanned over her skimpy attire and Jennifer felt another hot flush. I was hoping to run into you today, James replied. How is everything? Everything is great, Jennifer said. She leaned over the ground to do some arm curls, knowing that she was giving him a great view of her breasts. The thought excited her. Let's see what he thinks of these. Jennifer glanced up, hoping to catch James checking her out. But he was looking forward as he continued his arm curls. Jennifer's pride felt another blow. With a shock, James realized that he went from being the hunter to the hunted. Quickly recalling the events of their last meeting, James tried to determine where he went wrong. His mind made the intuitive leap. She came here today dressed like that on purpose. He knew she wasn't trying to seduce him. Like a piece of puzzle snapping into place, James realized where he went wrong. He assumed that a beautiful woman like this would grow tired of men constantly hitting on her. He was wrong. She loved it. It was her pride. She loved looking good and loved having that fact acknowledged. He should have hit on her. Hopefully, it wasn't too late to correct his mistake. I was thinking about our last meeting. Did I say I wasn't looking to date? I must have been crazy. James let her see him scan her body with his eyes. Her face practically glowed from the compliment. Yes, you are. And I believe I said I was married. Damn, he is one lucky bastard. Are you sure you are married? James could practically feel the heat from her face. Yes, I am, mister. And don't you go forgetting it. We are friends, remember? But she was pleased. Very pleased. James almost sighed in relief. His mistake had been corrected. Jennifer felt her entire body tingling. It worked. Her pride was purring contently. Now she just wished that she could go change into more modest clothes. But she would let him have his eye full for today. But only today. Believe me, James continued. I will be cursing the day you were married. So what's it like to be a kindergarten teacher? From there, they had a pleasant conversation about her work. Jennifer felt her admiration of his looks slide into safer feelings of friendship. He was a very likable man. She could easily ignore the sexual thoughts she had for him when she just focused. With a pang of guilt, she knew that her husband wouldn't like the idea of her having another male friend. He accepted Peter because he knew Peter had been her friend before she ever met Mike. And she never once had sexual feelings for Peter, even though she had been single when they met. But James, she definitely had sexual feelings for him. But that was okay. Life was about choices. She knew she couldn't help but find him sexy. But she could control her actions. Eventually any sexual feelings would disappear with friendship. Or at least fade into the background. James was busy telling her about a day when he went to entertain the children at a hospital, only to find out that one of them passed away the night before. He nearly choked up when he told this story. Her heart went out to him. Sorry, James said, coughing into his hand to hide his sudden outbreak of emotion. I don't want to bring you down. No, I think it's incredible what you do. You really do love children, don't you? I can understand that. James looked at her, as though weighing a difficult decision. Jennifer, I think you should come with me one day. It would really mean a lot to you, I am willing to bet. You should see these children, Jennifer. They are so brave. Sudden emotion choked up Jennifer. She felt tears sting her eyes. I would like that, she said, throwing caution to the wind. He had touched upon a deep-seated need within her. Her sister had died as a child. Jennifer had visited her so many times in the hospital. That's where her love of children came from. They can be so courageous as to make your heart weep. James nodded his understanding at her sudden emotion. How about tomorrow night? Jennifer hesitated. What would she tell Mark? It didn't matter. She needed to do this. Okay. Jennifer didn't notice the distasteful grimace that passed over his face. His insight had scored a hit. The second seed was planted. Chapter 03 James rode the elevator up to his apartment, his mind full of what had just happened with Jennifer. I wonder how long it will be before she breaks. That she will break is no longer in question. I saw that look in her eyes when she accepted my proposal. Sighing resignedly to himself, James exited the elevator. Sitting by his door was Vanessa. She was obviously waiting him. What was worse, she had several bags of luggage next to her. She stood up when she saw him approach. Oh shit. What is this, Vanessa? James looked significantly at her luggage. Vanessa looked down at her feet. James, I left my husband. I told him what I did. And, um, he kind of threw me out. Her eyes were red-rimmed. Tears formed in her eyes and slowly snaked down her cheeks and dropped to the floor. So? James asked callously. Get the hint, bitch. If James' blunt dismissal affected her, she didn't show it. Instead, she wiped her tears with the heel of her hand and looked James Square in the eyes. I want to stay with you. I will do whatever you want me to. I will fuck you whenever you please. You won't even notice that I am here, I swear. Why me, Vanessa? You are a rich woman. Why don't you just go stay at a hotel? Or go stay with family or friends? Because, Vanessa took a deep breath and continued. Because I, I, I love you. I love you with all my heart. Tears fell down her face again. Her fragile emotional state had brought color to her pale cheeks the tears made her eyes shine. At this moment, she was even more beautiful than James had ever seen her. And he didn't care that she loved him. Why should I? I am incapable of feeling love. I was hollowed out a long time ago. Sorry sweetie, but you have put your heart in the wrong damn place. And now I have to burn it before it goes any further. Fuck off, Vanessa. I don't give a shit about your feelings. I don't want you here. Vanessa flinched at his words but didn't back down. She has courage, I will give her that. Okay, that's okay. I can live with my feelings. So now that we both know that you don't love me, let's talk about something more practical. I will be your sex slave. Whenever, wherever, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about any of that relationship bullshit. You don't have to please me. I don't even have to be in the mood for you to take me. I will follow any rule you give me. James was suddenly no longer irritated, but rather curious. Why would you do that? She smiled at him, tears still falling down her cheeks. Because I love you. And it's my hope that in time you will come to feel the same. So I can put up with anything if I can just hold to that hope. You would be wasting your time, James said, but not callously. Instead, against his better judgment, he was actually intrigued. He looked her over and bit his lip in thought. She seemed to hold her breath. Finally, the judgment came. Okay. You can stay here. But here are the rules. You will do whatever I say. You will not question me. If you question me once, you are out of here. Are we clear so far? Vanessa nodded eagerly. Good, James continued. You will put your clothes in the dresser. You will hang nothing up. You will give no sign that my apartment is inhabited by a woman. You will only have clothes and no other possessions lying around. You are to sleep with me at night, and you will leave during the day. Do you understand my rules? Yes, she said quickly. I understand perfectly. I won't be in your hair, I promise. James nodded and unlocked his door. He walked in without picking up any of her bags. He sat down on his couch and watched her struggle to bring in her bags. When she finally had everything inside and had closed the door, he called her over to him. Come here and suck my cock. He ordered. She blushed, but walked over to him and knelt between his legs anyways. She unzipped his pants and pulled out his limp cock. James leaned his head back as she started sucking on his cock. I wonder how good Jennifer will suck my cock? She does have a nice body. I look forward to fucking the shit out of her. But then again, I really don't. Will you give in like this horse sucking my cock right now, Jennifer? Vanessa was sliding James' cock halfway down her throat. She made gagging noises when she went too far. She paused long enough to spit and went back to town on his cock. She sucked on the head, and then trailed her tongue down the length of his cock. She brought her tongue to his balls and sucked gently on his sack. She rolled his balls around with her tongue, taking time to suck on each ball. God, she really is good at this, James thought as a moan of pleasure escaped his lips. She started sucking his cock again, this time at a faster pace. She pistoned his cock in and out of her mouth like she was on a mission. Spit trailed down his cock as she came up for great gasps of air. James was surprised to feel the familiar tingle in his balls. She really is good. James pulled his cock out of her mouth and smacked her face with it. She stuck out her tongue and tried to suck it again. Take those fucking clothes off and lay down on the couch. James commanded her. She stood up and pulled her blouse over her head. She unzipped her pants and pulled them down. She took off her shoes to throw off her pants. She stood in front of him, suddenly shy. She was wearing lingerie. Her black bra pushed up her ample tits, and her black thong showed off her ass to perfection. She had worn this for him, James knew. Take those off too. James told her as he jacked off to maintain his hard-on. Vanessa bent her arms behind her to unclasp her bra. It fell to her feet. She bent down to remove her panties. She used her foot to kick them off. James took a moment to study her. She was pale all over. There wasn't a tan anywhere on her body. Her face, arms, legs, chest, and ass were all white. She looked like a porcelain goddess. James had to admit that she was probably the most breathtakingly beautiful woman he ever fucked. Well, almost. Lay down, James said as he got up from the couch. She didn't hesitate. She lay on her back. James knelt down and spread her legs open. He kissed his way down her thigh, skipped her pussy, and kissed his way up her other thigh. Her body quivered as she moaned. Her pussy glistened wetly. James took his time teasing her. He kissed all around her pussy. He even blew softly on her moist lips. Finally, she couldn't take the teasing anymore. James, please lick me. She begged. Please, James, please. Smiling, James darted his tongue out and licked her outer lips. At the contact, her body convulsed, and she came immediately. James dug his face into her pussy and licked furiously. She bucked her hips but James was latched on like a tick. Another orgasm hit her like a truck. James' tongue expertly darted and weaved into her pussy. He sucked and pulled and licked. He even bit her softly, which caused her to get up on her elbows and moan ecstatically. James. God, I can't stand it. Shit, James, shit. Where did you learn, oh God? She fell back to the couch and started convulsing with another orgasm. Her juices were flowing down his chin. His cock was aching now. He got on top of her, slid his dick into her now sloppy cunt, and started pounding her furiously. His thrusts were so powerful that she was sinking all the way into the couch and popping back up with each thrust. The sound of his balls smacking against her flesh seemed to reverberate throughout the living room. James, I love how you fuck me. I have never been fucked this good. I could have your cock in me forever. Her pussy clenched tight around his cock and another orgasm washed over her. James continued his relentless pounding. She was so wet that each mighty thrust of his cock produced a squelching sound. James, don't stop. Don't ever stop fucking me. James, of course, never heard anything the whores said while he was fucking them. He was always lost in his own thoughts. Why is it so hard to enjoy sex lately? I feel, burned out. It's never been the same since, shit. I told you to never think about her. Remember? So utterly tired of constantly arguing to himself, James tried his best to shut out his thoughts and concentrate on the fucking he was giving Vanessa. With a plop. Sound, James withdrew his cock from her oversaturated pussy. He reached over to the table next to the couch, opened the drawer, and pulled out a tube of KY jelly. Vanessa looked confused. Why do you need that? I am as wet as Niagara Falls. James smiled. Yes, you are. But you ass isn't. Vanessa gasped. James, you can't be serious. That's disgusting. I don't have anal sex. James frowned at her. Do you remember what I said about questioning me? Vanessa bit her lip, but said nothing. The look of fear on her face said it all. You are afraid now, you stupid whore. But you are just going to enjoy it like all the other whores do. James poured some KY jelly into his hand and greased up his cock. He turned Vanessa over into the doggy-style position and used some KY on her asshole. She gasped at the coolness of it, and then relaxed as it started warming her asshole. Are you ready, whore? Vanessa looked over her shoulder at James and nodded. She looked terrified. James positioned his cock at her asshole and began pushing in. Immediately he was met with resistance. Don't tighten up! James yelled at her angrily. She took a deep breath and loosened her asshole. It was still very tight. James pushed in until he was halfway. Vanessa was sobbing now. James felt a twinge of guilt. Sure, it's okay. The pain will fade. He stroked her hair reassuringly. What the fuck I am doing? Angered at his own moment of weakness for this whore, he slammed his cock all the way in. She cried out in pain. James took a deep breath to calm down. He gently pulled out until only the tip was still in. Then, very slowly, he began pushing back in. When he reached the full length of his cock, he would repeat the slow process. Gradually Vanessa's cries stopped. Then, after another ten minutes, soft moans could be heard as James continued his slow thrusts. James, this isn't, uh, so bad. It actually, uh, feels, pretty damn, good. James increased his tempo. His cock was now pumping into her in a steady rhythm. James used his hand to finger-fuck her pussy. Vanessa's moans increased. Shit! I, uh, never thought something could feel so fucking good. You like that? You like me pounding your ass? God, yes! Fuck my ass, James! Fuck me! Fuck me! Fuck me! James rode her orgasm like a professional surfer riding the big wave. Her body experienced a different kind of orgasm as she thrashed around in the throes of extreme pleasure. Her orgasm made James' balls clench in anticipation. Fuck! James grunted as he felt his cock unleash a torrent of come into her ass. James continued to thrust inside of her as he deposited his seed deep into her bowels. James collapsed on top of her. He was sexually satisfied, for now. Now it's your turn, Jennifer Chansey. Honey, I am so proud of you. It's a very noble thing you are going to do today. Mike smiled at Jennifer and gave her a peck on the check. He resumed putting on his tie in front of the mirror. Jennifer hummed to herself as she picked out her outfit for work. She felt excited about visiting the hospital after work today. She had always wanted to do something like this. So is Susan going to meet her there or are you girls going together? Mike asked, as he put on his jacket and straightened the sleeves. Jennifer felt a twinge of guilt and her good mood evaporated. She hated herself for lying to her husband. But telling him that she was going with a man she just met would only cause a fight. If they became good friends, then Jennifer would tell Mike about him. But for now, he was just an acquaintance. Yes, just an acquaintance. Nothing more. Um, I am meeting her there. Hmm, that's good. I can't wait to hear all about it tonight. See you tonight, honey. He kissed her briefly, grabbed his suitcase, and was out the door. Jennifer let out a sigh and sat down on the bed. What am I doing? James glanced at his watch and saw it was time to get ready for tonight. Get up, he told Vanessa, and he rolled her off him. Vanessa blinked and squinted at him. Where are you going? She let out a long yawn and stretched her arms over her head. James glared angrily down at her. What did I tell you about questions? Just get up and get dressed and get the fuck out of here. Vanessa's eyes widened she seemed to realize where she was. Oh, James. I am so sorry. I woke up and for a minute there I thought I was home. James let it pass. Whatever. Just get dressed, okay? I need to be out of here in twenty minutes. I have work to do. James glanced at her and saw that she was almost bursting with curiosity. But she wisely kept silent. James turned his head and smiled. Okay, maybe I will humor her just this once. God knows I am in a generous mood today. You are probably wondering what I do for a living, aren't you? He asked her. Well, He said as he sat down on the arm on the couch. I guess you can say I am in the seducing business. Vanessa's brow crinkled in confusion. Um, seducing business? Yes. You see, I get paid by rich men to seduce women. Vanessa looked shocked. Are you serious? You are a gigolo? James laughed. Yes and no. You see, for various reasons, rich and powerful men need a woman to be seduced. Sometimes husbands hire me so they can divorce their wives. Sometimes men covet another woman and want to break up her marriage, or any reason really. Vanessa stared at him. Her face troubled. James, that's despicable. James felt the smile slip off his face. You think I don't know that, you stupid cunt? I am not the only one who is despicable. This whole fucking world is full of despicable people. The man that hired me, the slut that gave in, everybody is despicable. Vanessa quailed beneath James' fury. I, I'm sorry, James. I just don't know why you think that way. James felt his anger drain like water through a strainer. It doesn't matter. All you need to know is that I am who I am. Vanessa looked at him very tenderly. Forgive me, James. I didn't mean to insult you. Why? Why don't you tell me more about this job? Do you make good money? Jane shrugged. It depends on how long it takes to seduce the woman. My fee usually is between $5,000 and $25,000. Vanessa gasped. That much? Why do men pay you that much just to seduce a woman? Can't they hire some prostitute or something? You really think the women I am hired to seduce will succumb to some fucking bum off the street? The reason I get hired is because these women are made of tougher stuff than that. It takes a real professional to crack the defenses around these sluts. Why do you call them sluts when, evidently, they are so hard to seduce? Vanessa asked. No more fucking questions. I have a job to get to tonight. I want you gone. Don't show up here until I get home, understand? Vanessa nodded her head meekly. What the fuck is going on with me today? I am sharing things I never shared before. Jesus, before I know it she will probably have me watching Oprah with her. Maybe it wasn't wise to let her stay here. James looked at her, opened his mouth to tell her to get her things and leave, and closed his mouth instead. Fuck it. I don't feel like dealing with this right now. I have another slut to seduce. Jennifer waited nervously in the hospital's parking lot. She stood outside her car and was looking around for James. She unconsciously smoothed her dress down her thighs. Today, she decided to wear one of her favorite dresses. It came down to her knees and left a V-shaped gap open on her chest. It wasn't too big a gap, though. It was sexy without being slutty. Plus, she would be entertaining kids tonight, not getting drinks and hoping to get laid. She blushed at that last thought. Pull yourself together, woman. A roar of a powerful engine made her look around. She saw a black Mustang come roaring towards her. It parked next to her car. A moment later she saw James get out. She felt herself smile. Hi. She greeted him. He smiled as he came towards her. Today he was wearing blue jeans and a tight-fitting shirt. She felt her heart flutter at the sight of him. Why does he have to be so damn beautiful? Hey, you look great. He grabbed her in a brief hug. That surprised her but she quickly returned it. So are you ready for this? He asked her, looking concerned. She felt her nerves come back. Yes, I think so. Her voice was shaky. He grabbed her hand reassuringly. Jennifer felt heat flowing from his hand to hers. Her mouth was dry. Come on, he told her, and pulled her along. His hand was so warm and soft. She never felt a hand like it. This man must spend three hours a day grooming his body. Jennifer was feeling flushed. She wanted to let go of his hand, but it was so pleasant. So she let him hold on. They walked through the hospital doors and past the nurse's station. The nurse working there smiled at James and greeted him. James smiled back and returned the greeting. He is obviously a regular here, Jennifer thought. He continued to hold her hand as he led her down different hallways. They turned a corner and suddenly the walls were covered in children's paintings. Jennifer forgot about James holding her hand as she felt her nerves return. James led her to a nurse's station and let go of her hand. Hey, Rosa. So are the kids ready for me? Rosa, the nurse James had just addressed, smiled at him. You bet they are. They have been asking about you all day. When is James getting here? I want to see James. Is it time yet? I swear you spoil those kids rotten. Jennifer smiled. The words might have sounded grumpy but Rose's tone of voice made it clear just how appreciated James' visits were. He smiled, nodded his head, and then pulled Jennifer aside. Okay, so are you ready? Jennifer swallowed. Yes, I think it's now or never. James patted her arm. You will do fine. So tonight I promise the kids I will read them the first Harry Potter book. I will do the male voices and you will do the female voices. Is that okay? Jennifer nodded. She felt a relieved breath leave her body. She had read those books many times. And she had seen the movies. This should be good. Okay, here we go. James grabbed her hand again and walked to a set of double doors. He gave the doors a shove with his other hand and was instantly greeted with a chorus of shouts. "It's James! James is here! James, over here!" James let go of her hand, spread his arms open, and smiled. The kids all shouted as made his way around the beds, hugging each kid. Jennifer felt her heart pound in her chest as she looked around. There were beds on both sides of the room. Every bed was occupied. Kids in various stages of health had suddenly lit up when James walked in. Some kids even had parents with them. The parents were smiling at James just as much as the kids. Jennifer felt her heart go out to all those brave little souls. Some kids looked healthy enough but still others could barely sit up in bed. There were IVs everywhere she looked. One kid had so many tubes and wires attached to him that he looked like a human robot. But his smile was perhaps the biggest of them all. James approached the boy and gently hugged him. The boy was so bad that he couldn't lift his arms to hug James back. James kissed his cheek and the boy laughed. The woman standing next to him, his mother Jennifer assumed, put her hand over her mouth as tears formed in her eyes. James nodded at the woman and then moved to the center of the room. He beckoned Jennifer over. Jennifer walked over to him, feeling the eyes of every child on her. One cute little girl held out her arms as she walked past and Jennifer felt her heart break. She hugged the girl and struggled to contain her own tears. By now all the kids were chanting, Harry Potter! Harry Potter! Harry Potter! James held his hands out for silence. The room hushed. Children, I have a very special guest with me today. Can everybody say, Hello Jennifer? Dozens of voices suddenly shouted, Hello, Jennifer. Jennifer fought back tears as she joined James in the middle of the room. James grabbed two copies of Harry Potter from a nearby stand and handed her one. He opened the book and the children leaned in eagerly. And so they began reading. James hugged one more child goodbye. He waved his hand and walked out the double doors. A part of him was sad to leave again. I love those children. They are so pure and innocent. They are the only human beings capable of unconditional love. Kids lose that ability when they grow up. These kids won't have the opportunity. None of them will live more than a few years. As always, a deep melancholy settled over James as he left the kids. He wondered if one of them will have died by next week. He hoped not. Jennifer was leaning against the wall. Her hand was shaking as she covered her mouth. This is my chance. James hugged her just in time. She collapsed against his shoulder and began to weep. He stroked her hair and whispered reassuring words. For once, he didn't care that he was revealing a real part of himself. It was necessary sometimes. So for now, he just grieved with her. As he held her, he thought back to his first visit here. He had been just as affected as Jennifer was now. Only, he had no one to hold him. But that didn't matter. These kids had saved his life. At least, they saved a part of it. Jennifer stopped crying after a few more minutes. She disengaged herself from James and hiccuped. She pulled some tissues from her purse and blew her nose. I'm sorry, she told him. I think I stained your shirt. James looked at his shoulder, saw the mascara stain, and laughed. Jennifer smiled and then laughed herself. Thanks, she said gratefully. Thank you, for everything. What I experienced in there, that means more to me than any words can describe. No problem, he replied. He held out his hand. Shall we get you home to that dashing husband of yours? She smiled and grabbed his hand. She squeezed it, and he squeezed it right back. Hand in hand, they walked to her car. Jennifer walked back to her car in a daze. The powerful emotions she had just experienced were still running through her body. Most of all, she was just in awe of James. The way he was with the kids was magical. When he read, he wasn't just sitting down and reciting words. He was leaping around and doing sound effects. All of his characters had their own distinct voice. Jennifer felt embarrassed as she read all of her parts in the same, droning voice. But James had reassured her that the kids loved her. They certainly loved him. And what was more, Jennifer saw in James something she had yet to see in him. When he was with them, a mask seemed to slide off his face. Jennifer would have never known that he was hiding behind a mask. But she had seen the difference. She didn't know why he was hiding but he needed to be that guy in the hospital all the time. He just seemed to glow. He was even more beautiful, if that was possible. And Jennifer was scared shitless. She felt cracks running around the wall of her heart, the wall that her husband had put up. Jennifer didn't think it was possible. But somehow, oh God, I think I am falling for him. Scared, she let go of his hand and walked quickly to her car. Is something wrong? He asked her. Yes. Yes, something is wrong. You are killing me. No, why? She lied through her teeth. Oh, no reason I guess. So, do you think you would like to do this again? No. Tell him no Jennifer. This is getting out of hand. I just came here for the kids. I didn't come here to ruin my marriage. Yes. She heard her traitorous tongue reply. I would love to. Okay. His smile spread over his face. Good night then. Good night. She fiddled with her keys but didn't get in her car. Good God woman, get in the car. James stared at her eyes. She could see his cheating moving rapidly. Her heart seemed to beat out of her chest. Her palms were sweaty. Hell, her whole body was sweaty. And she couldn't move. His lips looked full and delicate in the light of the lamp in the parking lot. He took a step closer. Jennifer. He began. He seemed to be at a loss for words. He stepped closer. Jennifer couldn't feel her heart beating anymore. It had probably jumped out of her chest and was running home to tattle on her. His face was inches away. She tried telling her feet to move but they seemed to be cemented to the ground. His lips came in. She felt an intense heat sweep her body. She was almost shivering. His lips came towards hers and went past. They brushed her cheek right next to the corner of her lips. An electric jolt went through her body. The area of her cheek where he kissed her seemed to be on fire. Good night, he whispered, his voice husky with lust. He stepped back and Jennifer snapped back to reality. Shit! Shit shit shit! She turned to her car, fumbled with her keys, and jerked open the door. She got in and quickly slammed the door. James was barely getting in his car when she sped out of the parking lot. I love Mike! Went through her head over and over on her drive home. Mike had dinner waiting for her when she got home. He had gone all out too. There were dozens of candles lit all over the room. Her dinner was arranged very artfully on her plate. And Mike had set out her favorite bottle of wine. Jennifer couldn't think of a way to make her feel guiltier. Hey baby, Mike said. He kissed her and guided her to her seat at the table. So, how was it? Mike popped open the bottle of wine as he smiled down at her. Jennifer waited until he filled the glass before responding. She needed some time to gather herself and Mike's display of affection was really coming at a bad time. It was so good, honey. You can't believe what those children have to go through. It was the most amazing thing I have ever done for anybody. Mike grinned wide, as though he was sharing her experience. Did I mention how proud I am of you? He seated himself at the other end of the table, and began pouring a glass of wine for himself. I want to know everything. And so Jennifer told him. She told him how she felt doing what she did. She told him about how she had cried afterwards. But she didn't tell him about James. She didn't mention that it was James who comforted her when she cried. And she most certainly didn't mention that moment in the parking lot when she wanted him to kiss her so bad. Oh God, I really did want him to kiss me. What is wrong with me? Jennifer never felt so lost. She still loved her husband with all of her heart. That feeling was still there. But then, how was it possible for her to want another man? She finished dinner as fast as she could, and then told Mike that it had been an emotionally draining day, and she just wanted to go to bed. Mike told her that he understood, and he even tucked her in goodnight. He kissed her forehead and went back to the living room, as the night was still early. Jennifer lay in bed and stared at the ceiling. Her brain was making a sort of buzzing noise, as though it was trying real hard not to think. She didn't want to think about what almost happened tonight. Because deep down, in a part of herself that she refused to acknowledge, Jennifer might very well be falling for James. But that shouldn't be possible. I love Mike so much. How is this happening? Jennifer was so lost and frustrated that she sobbed into her pillow. Mike never heard a thing. And so the weeks passed by in a blur. James was continually chipping away at Jennifer's defenses. They went to the hospital every week as well as the gym twice a week. They hadn't come close to recreating that moment in the parking lot but in some ways, the most important ways, James knew he was getting closer to her. He no longer saw that look of apprehension of her face that was there for a week after the parking lot incident. Now, every time Jennifer saw him, a huge smile would light up her face. James was taking the same approach that one would take to tame a skittish horse. He was letting her get used to some physical contact. Before she knew it, she was getting accustomed to his touch. It was nothing more than a brush of her skin, maybe grasping her hand for a moment, but it was enough. Mr. Wombert, predictably, was getting even more impatient. Mr. Coltez, I know you don't want me to call you, but it's been over a month. James took a breath to ease the sudden flash of anger. Mr. Wombert, I told you when I first took this job that I work at my own pace. You should know Jennifer better than anyone. Do you think if I succeeded so easily in less than a month that she is the woman you think she is? No. I guess you are right. The fact that she hasn't given in yet is somehow both exciting and frustrating. Are you sure you can pull it off? Trust me, I have made great progress. I really don't think it's going to take much more and don't worry about my bill. This job is going to be a flat $25,000. That's fine. Mr. Wombert replied, but he sounded distracted. Listen, do you think that maybe it would help if you drugged her? James didn't even bother replying. He just hung up the phone. He really hated dealing with clients. Was that one of your clients? Vanessa asked from behind him. James turned around. Vanessa was lying fully nude on his bed. Mr. Wombert had called him during a particularly good fucking session. But now he wasn't in the mood to finish. I'm tired. We are going to sleep. James turned off the lights and crawled into bed. He felt Vanessa's hand slide across his back. He slapped her hand away. She knows better. What the fuck is she thinking? That we are going to cuddle? If she was upset by his rejection, she didn't say anything. Instead, right when James' eyes were sliding closed, she asked about something different. James, was I a job? Did my husband hire you? James snorted into his pillow. Please, Vanessa. You were just practice. If you were a job, I wouldn't have even bothered to ask for payment. Hell, I wouldn't have even taken the job. This time he did get a reaction. Vanessa let out a breath. A relieved breath. Curious, James rolled over. Why are you happy? It was dark, but James was sure she was smiling. Because that means you chose me. I wasn't some job. James couldn't help it. He threw back his head and laughed. He laughed until his ribs hurt. Vanessa looked confused and scared. Oh, my dear Vanessa, you are too good to be true. I haven't had a good laugh like that in years. You think somebody like me could actually love another person? You are so delusional. Tears welled up in her eyes. She rolled over and put her back to him. Amazingly, James felt another twinge of guilt. What is wrong with me? It's not possible to feel anything anymore. That part of me was burned away. Burned away by that bitch Allison. James hadn't thought her name since the incident. Thinking about her brought back quick flashes of memory. He suppressed them as fast as they popped up. Troubled, it took him a long time to fall asleep. Jennifer was laughing at a joke James told her when they rounded the corner and walked into the children's ward at the hospital. Instantly, she could tell something was wrong. The atmosphere was hushed, subdued. James slowed down, and a smile faded from his face. He walked to the nurse's station. Instead of being treated to the customary smile, the nurse working there looked at James sadly. Who was it? James asked her. Jennifer could tell that this wasn't the first time James encountered this situation. Kevin. The nurse replied sadly. Jennifer felt a shock go through her system. Kevin was the boy who she saw on her first visit who couldn't even put his arms around James. James put his forearms on the counter and leaned his head down. Jennifer jumped when James suddenly kicked the counter. The nurse came around the counter quickly and patted James's back. I'm sorry, she told him. He was such a brave boy. He passed this morning. His mother was devastated, of course. She told me to tell you that Kevin really loved you. You really made a difference, you know that? James nodded, too choked up to say anything. The nurse patted him one last time and went back to work. Jennifer followed James to the nearby chairs and sat down next him. She wanted to be strong for him but before she knew it she felt her heart clench. She wept as grief rolled through her like fire. She leaned against James and he put his arm around her. He wept with her. After a while, they both stopped crying. James took her hand. I really need a drink. I have some special stuff at my apartment for days just like this. Will you join me? Something in the back of Jennifer's mind was screaming at her but she was too numb with grief. Yes, I need a drink too. Jennifer tried to think about what she was doing as James drove them to his apartment, but she just felt so comfortable with him. They needed each other today. They had bonded and shared an amazing experience together. Nobody would understand their grief but each other. Her husband wouldn't even be able to help her. He hadn't been in the trenches with her. He hadn't gone through what she had gone through. Tonight, James was the only person that could possibly understand. James knew on the drive home that tonight was the night something was going to happen. He hated the fact that it was due to what happened tonight, but he was too pragmatic not to take advantage of it. He wasn't really in the mood for fucking tonight, or to have his hopes dashed again, but it was better to just quickly get it over with. I knew she was going to break. He felt bitter. And tired. But none of these emotions showed up on his face. He was the portrait of sorrow and grief. Jennifer held his hand on the whole drive over. They arrived at the apartment complex. James drove into the underground garage and helped Jennifer out of the car. They both hadn't spoken since the hospital. He knew she was still too numb with grief and disbelief. They took the elevator up to his apartment. That bitch Vanessa better be gone. James unlocked the door and let Jennifer walk in before him. He turned on the lights as Jennifer stood rooted to the spot she had stopped at. She was crying again. James went around his apartment, checking to see if it was Vanessa-free. Thankfully, it was. Why did I let her stay here? Shaking his head, he walked back to Jennifer. Jennifer, do you need to use the restroom or anything? She looked up at him, and her eyes widened in surprise. She didn't realize where she was. Yes, I need to freshen up. James took her hand and guided her to the restroom. She closed the door behind her. James waited until he could hear the water running before he pulled out his cell phone. Mr. Wombert? Mr. Coltes? It's good to hear from you. How is everything? I thought you would like to know that I think tonight is the night. Do you remember my address? I have my whole apartment rigged with cameras. Be waiting outside in one hour to get your proof. James heard him let out an excited yell. All right. Thank you. I am on my way right now. James hung up as Jennifer walked out of the bathroom. Jennifer felt a little better after washing up. Her mind cleared up enough for her to be worried. She was in James' apartment. Alone. And she was in a very vulnerable state. But still, she needed him. It's not fair what happened to that boy. He was too young. Jennifer felt the tears start falling again. James hugged her and led her to his couch. She sat down and leaned her head on his shoulder. He stroked her hair and she cried. He even kissed her forehead. Jennifer couldn't stop crying. She needed an escape. She needed to stop feeling this pain. James kissed her forehead again. That kiss sent a spark through her. I need this. It's the only thing that will make me forget the pain. I need to be comforted. I need, I really need, Mike I'm sorry. Only James can help me with this pain. Jennifer lifted her head a little to gently kiss James' neck. His body went rigid, as though in shock. Then he relaxed. He kissed her forehead again, but this time more sensually. She kissed his neck again. She could already feel her grief slipping away as the more powerful emotion of lust took over. But grief was still there, mixed in with the lustful feelings. It made an interesting combination. James' lips trailed their way down her face. He kissed her eyes. He kissed her nose. He kissed each cheek. Jennifer's body felt as though it was on fire. She was already so wet. The combination feeling of lust and grief was stronger and more pleasurable than any feeling she had ever had. His lips made their way to her. They hovered inches away from hers. She looked up into his eyes. He looked right back at her. The moment seemed to freeze in the air. Jennifer felt an overwhelming feeling of fate, as though this moment had been written so long ago. Finally, his lips descended. She held her breath and closed her eyes His lips met hers, engulfed hers, and embraced hers Beautiful, wonderful bolts of electricity flowed through her His lips were like a dream She moaned with the pleasure of it James kissed her thoroughly His tongue slipped into her mouth and out again His hand sneaked up her body and caressed her breasts Even though she was wearing a bra and a shirt She could feel his hand pull and tug her nipples She had never felt so alive to another person's touch She was surprised to find her hand sneaking down his body She rubbed his crotch She could feel his cock through the rough material of his jeans. He was sucking on her neck now. He kissed his way up her neck to her earlobe. He took it in his mouth and sucked on it. Her pussy was gushing juices. She knew her panties were soaking wet. She couldn't take it anymore. She had to see this beautiful man in all his glory. All rational thought, even memories of her husband, had disappeared when he first kissed her. She was living for this moment now, not the future. She needed this, or else the grief would overcome her. Children and her love for them were forever her weakness. She unzipped his pants as she stuck her tongue in his mouth. She reached in and grasped a big cock. She pulled it out and gazed at it. It was just as perfect as the rest of this man. His cock was long, thick, and straight. The head was huge. She wanted nothing more than to suck it, even though she hated blowjobs. His cock felt warm in her hand. She jacked it off a couple of times. She looked up at him, and he was smiling at her. She lowered her mouth to the head. You want me to lick this? She asked him teasingly. It took him a moment to catch his breath. I do. He finally managed to say. She smiled at him, pleased that she was driving him crazy. She flicked out her tongue, so ready to taste this perfect cock. I do. The words rang through her skull with the force of a freight train. She clamped her teeth down hard, nearly biting off the head of his penis. I do. That wasn't James' voice in her head. It was Mike's. Involuntarily, a memory popped into her head. Do you, John Michael Chancy? Look at him. He is so nervous. Take this woman, Jennifer Charlotte Robertson. I hate my middle name. To be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to cherish and keep her, in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, to be faithful only to her as long as you both shall live? I do. Oh, Mike. And do you, Jennifer Charlotte Robertson, take this man, John Michael Chancy? I do. I do. God, yes, I do. To be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to cherish and keep her, in sickness and in health? No matter what baby, I will always take care of you. And forsaking all others, to be faithful only to him. Yes, my love, I will never again love another man. For as long as you both shall live? Forever, my love. I will love you forever. Snapping back to reality, Jennifer let go of James' cock as though it was on fire. I I can't do this, she told him. James looked at her in disbelief. What the hell just happened? What do you mean? He asked her. James, this is wrong. I am married, for God's sake. And not only that, but I love him with all my heart. This is absurd. I have no idea what I am doing here. What the hell am I thinking? James actually felt his jaw drop. No. It's not possible. Love doesn't exist. Jennifer got up and looked down at James. She blushed at the fact that James Cock was pointing straight at her. She seemed to hesitate for a moment, but she brought her chin up and a look of resolve settled over her. James, as much as this pains me, I can't see you anymore. I have feelings for you, which I am sure you know. I think I may even love you. But I love my husband more and I will never hurt him. I don't know if it's even possible to love two men. She continued, looking down at the floor in confusion. But I just had to grasp that fact. Once I did, everything became clear. I have a choice. My heart chose Mike a long time ago. James barely listened to what she was saying. He was too stunned. All that time hoping, and it finally came true. He had been rejected. He had been rejected for love. He felt an old inner barrier start to crack and bend under pressure. Tears formed in his eyes. Jennifer mistook the cause for his tears. Oh, James, I am so sorry. If I had never met Mike. She leaned down and kissed him. His still hard cock brushed her arm. She broke the kiss and her hand trailed across his cock. She stared down at it for a long moment before she shook her head. I love you, James. She whispered. She turned around and walked out of the apartment. James sat on the couch and tried in vain to stop his inner barrier from shattering. That barrier hid painful memories and truths. Vanessa must have been waiting for Jennifer to leave because she came in moments after Jennifer left. She saw James sitting on the couch with his cock out. A hurt look flashed across her face. So did you do it? She asked him icily. Instead of answering, James started weeping. He put his head in his hands and wept. Vanessa rushed over to him and put her arms around him. What is the matter? She was crying too. But James was too far gone to hear her. The barrier had shattered. Memories, bittersweet memories, rushed through him. And so did a voice. A voice that was banished a long time ago. It was his conscience. Okay, James, it's been too long. It's time to tackle your demons. No. Fuck off. That's not going to work anymore. Your insane quest is over. Love does exist, James. Did you ever really doubt that? bullshit. If love exists, then how could I be betrayed so badly? You really have done a number on yourself, haven't you? What do you remember? I remember enough. I remember how that bitch Allison betrayed me and destroyed me. James, it's time. It's time to stop lying to yourself. I, I, don't know what you are talking about. James, please, no more denials. It's okay. Grief, as you know, needs time to heal. You locked up all of yours. You need to deal with it. So say it, James. Say the truth. I, I can't. Yes, you can. It needs to be done. You need to heal. Ah, uh, ah, Now, James. I cheated on her. It was me. Yes. Don't fight it, James. Remember. I do remember. I do. I cheated on Allison and caused the ruin of our marriage. James, I'm sorry. There is one last thing, one last demon to exercise. Isabel. Yes, yes, Isabel. She seduced me. I hated her, and I loved her. Isabel, my mentor. The person who taught me my business. She taught me everything I know. You have come full circle, James. Now it's time to heal. Vanessa loves you, no matter how misguided that love is. Weep into her arms and heal. And so James took his own advice and continued to weep. Vanessa hugged him tight. James, so lost in grief, forgot that he had invited Mr. Wimbert over. He would be waiting in the parking lot, where Jennifer was coming out. James took Vanessa's underwear and threw it aside. He looked down at her nude body. Moonlight filtered in from the window and illuminated her body. She looked heavenly. He caressed her thighs with his fingertips. She shuddered under his touch. He kissed each foot and trailed his tongue down her shins. He kissed her knees and parted her legs with his hands. He kissed and caressed her inner thighs. She moaned. He kissed his way up her stomach as he trailed his fingers up and down her body. He kissed and sucked each nipple until each one was standing erect and pointing like darts. He kissed her chest, up to her neck, and up to her chin. He looked down into her eyes and kissed her lips. She kissed him as passionately as he had ever experienced. Their bodies lay pressed together as their tongues intertwined with one another. Slowly and peacefully— James grabbed his cock and eased it into her waiting pussy. He slid in as smooth as glass. She clenched her pussy against his cock and squeezed it. She shuddered with her first orgasm. James, make love to me. She panted. I want you to fuck me and fill me with your cum. James began to slowly thrust inside of her. He built up a steady rhythm. His balls slapped against her flesh. Her pussy leaked juices around his cock. Her pussy felt warm, oh so warm. For the first time in a long time, no thoughts occupied his mind. He was lost in the unbelievable feel of her wet pussy sucking his cock. He held her legs up and sat back on his knees. Holding her ankles up in the air, he thrust his cock in and out. Oh fuck, oh fuck, that feels good. Don't stop, James. Fuck me. Fill me up. James turned her over and entered her from behind. He looked down to watch his cock disappear in and out. He held onto her hips, feeling the flesh squeeze between his fingers. He watched as her ass bounced off his crotch. He smacked her ass again and again. Yes, smack my ass, James. Fuck. Fuck me. He felt her pussy tighten. She orgasmed again. Fuck. James felt the hot rush of cum move through his balls. The cum felt like liquid fire as it raced out of his cock to splash inside her womb. James collapsed down next to her. I love you, James. She panted. I thank you. She lay on his chest. Whatever happened tonight, I thank God. And I thank you for showing me the real you. I know you don't love me yet, but I hope, James. Do you know what it's like to hope? More than you know. I don't love you, you are right. But I can eventually. I hope. James hung up the phone. He had just left a voicemail for Mr. Wombert to come by his apartment to settle their account. It's funny, James thought, but every time I finished a case and got paid I felt miserable. But now that I have failed and won't be getting paid, I feel great. James busied himself around the apartment. Jennifer was gone for the day. She was quite a woman, he mused. A few hours later, he heard a knock on his door. It was Mr. Wombert. Come in, James said as he held open the door. Thanks for meeting me. Oh, no problem. We have an account to settle. For some reason, Mr. Wombert looked extremely happy we do? James asked, confused. Yes, sir. So how much did you say last time? $25,000? Wait, James said, stopping Mr. Wombert from pulling out his checkbook. I failed. Now it was Mr. Wombert who looked confused. Failed? What do you mean? Your plan was even more perfect than I could have ever imagined. My plan? Oh, I see. You are just too modest. Yes, your plan was perfect. Here I was thinking that you would just fuck her, videotape it, and send the pictures to her husband. But you were even more clever than I thought possible. To seduce her, break her bond of love with her husband, and send her out in such an emotional state. Genius. She crumpled before my weak charms like tissue paper. James felt a weird vertigo feeling, as though he was falling, falling, falling away. Mr. Wombert's voice seemed to reach him as though through a long tunnel. And of course, she has no choice but to do as I say or I would tell her husband about our little, indiscretion. I will let her be with her husband for now. But eventually I will break her completely. I am happy just fucking her for now. James felt like he had no grasp on reality, so he had actually broken her without even knowing it. He must have for this slime ball to be able to get in her pants. Mr. Wombert wrote the check and handed it to James. James took it, not really knowing what he was doing. Well, I guess that's that. I will leave you now. Good luck on your other jobs. I will be recommending your services. So thanks again. James shook his hand, walked him to his door, all without paying attention to what he was doing. His body was on autopilot. His mind was still reeling. The phone rang. James picked it up. He was still numb with shock. Hello? James thought his voice sounded like a robot. Mr. Coltes? This is Mr. Flanagan. Do you remember me? You seduced my wife, Patricia. James didn't have the mental capacity to recall memories right now. But he replied, Yes, of course I remember you. How are you? I just thought you would like to know that. Something was wrong. Mr. Flanagan sounded like he had a bad head cold. James heard him sniff. I thought you should know that my wife, she killed herself. The words seemed to take a long time to sink into James' numb mind. But once they did, he felt another blow. He remembered her now. She was the one he seduced before the Jennifer Chansey case. I'm sorry to hear that. Are you? Mr. Flanagan asked angrily. Are you really? You son of a fucking bitch. You made her fall in love with you. You bastard. You were only supposed to fuck her. James felt anger start to overcome his numb mind. I am the son of a bitch? Me? Look in the mirror, asshole. You were the one who hired me. I told you I would do anything I had to. Are you so stupid that you don't know why I had to make her fall in love with me? Because she was in love with you, you fucking jackass. Mr. Flanagan was sobbing on the phone. Patricia, my wife, oh god, what did I do? I thought she was only after my money. James felt the old familiar sneer on his face. Right. Whatever. It was you who was in love with your money. You were too fucking blind to what you had. I don't feel sorry for you. James slammed down the phone. He looked over at the door and saw Vanessa standing there. She was holding groceries in her arms. She looked horrified. What the fuck are you doing here? I thought I said only come during the night. Get the fuck out of here. She dropped the groceries and bolted out of the apartment. James, shut the fuck up. He slammed up a new barrier over his recent memories. This time, the barrier was stronger. His mind was silent. The phone rang again. Back in control of himself, he picked up. Mr. Coltes? I got your number from a friend of mine. I have a problem. James listened to his new client and arranged a meeting. He felt the old familiar spark of hope flare up again. Love exists, and he will prove it. He will prove that not all women are sluts like that cheating bitch Allison. Jennifer sighed in relief as she saw Peter walk towards the car. He got into the passenger seat. Well? She asked him impatiently. He sighed. It's done. He bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Jennifer smiled in satisfaction. And how did he take it? Just like you thought. He was devastated and bewildered. Serves him right. I can't believe I bought his bullshit. And to think, I almost ruined my marriage for him. Well, this blow to his enormous ego should really set him back on his heels. Peter interrupted her thoughts. So does this even it out between us? Can we be friends again? Jennifer almost sneered at him. Even? Are you fucking crazy? You hired a man to seduce me and ruin my marriage. All because you wanted to add me to your trophy case. Jennifer, please you know I love you. It's not like that. Peter was all but whimpering. Love? Love? What the hell does a dirtbag like you know about love? I can't believe I was friends with you for all those years. I turned my head to all those women you used and abused because I thought you had a good heart. Boy, was I wrong. If I didn't love you, would I have told you everything that night when you came down from his apartment? She laughed in his face. Are you kidding me? After seeing you at his apartment complex, I was damn well willing to beat it out of you. You had no choice. Jennifer, please. She had enough of him. You disgust me. Get out of my car. You will never see me again. And you most definitely will never get to touch these. She pulled up her shirt and flashed him her tits. She wasn't wearing a bra. At the sight of her tanned breasts and hard nipples, Peter's mouth fell open. Jennifer laughed at the stupid look on his face as she pushed him out of the car. She took off for home. That felt really good. I can't believe I was handled by two people I really trusted. Thank God for Mike. My love for him saved me that night. And I will never doubt it again. Jennifer tried to squash the feeling of love for James as she drove home.